Yesterday, lowering myself into Lake Dunmore for an early morning swim, I noticed in a corner brace of the aluminum deck just above the water a remarkably complex spider's web. It was a quarter-circle design, about ten inches in diameter, a construct of beautiful symmetry and jeweler's detail. Its maker was nowhere in sight, nor had it apparently caught anything. It must have been a night's work, for I had not noticed it the previous afternoon, and like most arachnid constructions, it seemed extravagant for its purpose. Even as I was admiring its complex design, I was struck even more by the vulnerability of its placement. The lowest of the web strands were no more than a few inches above the surface of the lake, and it seemed more than likely that it would be swamped by the wake of the next passing motorboat. And what exactly did the spider think it would trap so near the water? I swam out to the raft, and as I prepared to climb the ladder up onto the platform, I noticed several more spider webs, including one stunning, complete orb-weaver web strung between two of the ladder's flat wooden rungs. Like the webs I had observed on the aluminum braces underneath the deck, this one was built just above the water surface. But its presence raised a more intriguing question, namely, how did the spider get onto the raft? The answer, of course, is that it was one of countless spiderlings sailing in the wind that day on their spun threads of gossamer. But this in turn raised more questions. How many gossamer-born spiderlings drown in the wide expanse of the lake for everyone that makes it to the raft? And of those who do make it, how many find a food source there? Finally, given that any spider on the raft wouldn't have the option of migrating back to land, how many starve on their bejeweled webs? As with so many of her creatures, nature's primary strategy for survival is simply fertility. Of course, I realized that in casually entertaining these questions about spiderwebs, I was deliberately avoiding the biggest question they propose, the one that has always been the biggest stumbling block for me on the road to complete and unreserved acceptance of the Darwinian theory of evolution. Namely, how did such a thing as a spiderweb ever evolve? There is nothing else like it in nature. In fact, spiderwebs seem to contradict or undermine several of the commonly held axioms about nature, such as the one that proclaims, there are no straight lines in nature. Really, I doubt if I could draw anything as straight as, say, the radiating spokes on the wheel of an orb weaver's web. It is as if every spider were given a minuscule erector set at birth. But an even greater mystery is, how did spider webs evolve in the first place? What could possibly be the missing link between present-day spider webs and their evolutionary predecessors? What was the intermediate form of the spinnerets that are unique in nature? Who built the laboratory in which the strongest steel spider silk was first concocted? Do any other members of the order Arachnida perform aerial migrations on nearly invisible strings of ethereal gossamer? If spider webs did not exist, would we have been able to invent them? Or, as William Blake might have put it, spider, spider, oh so white, in the early morning light, what immortal hand or eye could frame thy stunning symmetry? <laughs>